Hey there, welcome to the What's Your Thing podcast, where we're all about great conversations with interesting people. That's right, I'm Brennan. And I'm Caitlin. There's something awesome about every person, a thing that makes them truly unique. We wanna know what it is about everyone, so we're asking. What's your thing? Episode number six. What's Your Thing podcast. I am one half your host, Brennan. And I'm Caitlin. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in again in episode six. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Thank you for everybody who listens and enjoys it. We've gotten pretty successful at getting amazing guests, pretty interesting people. And today spares no expense on that. Very happy to welcome in guest number six, casting director Alona Smythe. 15 years of experience in the industry, discovering and raising tons of talent. Um, Over 150 150 movies cast. TV, movies, corporate, commercials, print, you name it. And a big advocate for diversity and inclusion in the industry. So please, Alona, tell us what you think. I'm a casting director. You just said it for me, Brennan. I got you. (laughs) I wanted to do the I want to do the formal uh, formal introduction. Awesome. I'm still working on that, but uh, no, thanks a lot for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your yeah, thing? Yeah, so uh, I get hired uh, by producers, Caitlin being one of them, uh, to come in and cast their movies. So I'll do everything from casting lead actors. So those are usually names you would know, um, like Walton Goggins or you know um, Katie Gibson, large names, Mel Gibson, big names like that, and lots of times when I cast larger names like that they're for something called independent productions and they'll need names like that to help attach financing to their movie um once they have those large names they'll hire me to cast every other speaking role within the movie um and I do that by reading the script thinking about what kind of characters in our pool of actors within Canada would work for those characters, talking to the director, if there's one already attached and what their vision is, and then running audition sessions. So I'll post breakdowns, agents, cause I'm not an agent, I'm a casting director. Agents will submit actors. From there, I will get them to self tape now. It used to be in person. We do that less and less post COVID. Um, And in those cases, we watch and decide who did a great job. From there, I'll send selects to the director. The director knocks it down to a few, and then we send those final two to three onto the network, and they make the final decision. And that's how that works. So if you see a movie and you go, oh, who cast this? Don't get mad at the casting director. We're not the final decision makers. It's not us. How long is the process from the start to the finish? And like, is it up to you as a business model? Do you say, okay, we're going to take on for my project for this. I'm going to only do principles. Or do you ever just say like, hey, we're taking everything in this local area. Everybody who's auditioning for a speaking role and then kind of doing the background casting as well. It depends on uh, the budget and it depends on who the producers are and what my relationship is. Sometimes these movies come with their lead attached already and they still just haven't even decided where in the world they're going to shoot the movie, but they have a lead attached for financing and they're just scouring the globe till they find the right place. And then they hire some hire someone within usually that province to kick on their tax credits, whatever country is offering what. Um, we do background as well. Uh, I started this company when I was very young and 
uh, have built quite a database of uh, local actors. We only do background casting in Ottawa, though. I have no interest in doing it in any of the other cities that I've worked in. Um, That's what yeah. I kind of wanted to ask about. Like, how does that even, we don't have to go down that road, but like, yeah. it's like herding cattle, I can imagine. Like, if you're responsible for that, and then there's like a day where you're supposed to shoot and something cancels, and it's just like, that I guess would be. No way. Background casting is the hardest type of casting. And I give credit to anybody who has done it or is thinking of doing it. Um, I've done it for a very long time. I've incredible, incredible staff. Um, and I never get upset with them really because I've done it all. I've done every part of this job and there's no part of it I wouldn't step back into and do if I needed to and it called for it. But the background actors are great and and they do say herding cattle and, and it's, it pains me to hear sometimes because they are such lovely people who give up entire days yeah. to go to set and do do this work and they're not treated great on set all the time depends on the set and you know sometimes there's misbehavior on on the background end as well but it is really hard to convince people to step away especially in a government town from their hundred so odd K year a job to come and get paid minimum wage and come to set and only be told they can eat at one craft table and, you know, get, get talked down to, but at the same time, uh, I love them. It's how my company started. Uh, I appreciate every single one of them and I appreciate them taking their time and working those long hours when they're not as invested as the rest of the crew and everyone else because it's a one-off day for them. Um, but outside of that, the bonus of uh, my company running it is I'm able to give my clients a full picture. So I understand your script from the lead all the way to the background and I understand what the scenes are supposed to look like. And myself and my staff are going to do the best we can to deliver it. On top of that, it's great for the actors because you get to go to set and just like a basketball player, anyone else, you get to visualize what it'll be like once you are actually in front of the camera. You get to see how many people are in set. If you're thinking about doing a, doing acting at all, you're going to understand there's going to be more than one person standing there. There might be more than one camera. You're going to understand what the lighting's like. You're going to sit at a table in a coffee shop or whatever the scene might be and be able to watch actors who've been doing this for 20 plus some odd years work at their craft right in front of you and take away from that so being in this market I don't judge anyone because I've done it all so even if you have a speaking role and in numerous times and you want to go on set one day and it helps you pay for your union dues for the year I'm more than happy to have you on set I'm never the background casting director or the principal casting director who's going to go don't let them audition because they have only done background. That's not what so, I So can you give us the definition? So if I'm correct, there's four different kinds of cast. There's stars, leads cast, principal cast, actors, background we just talked about. So can you let us know what those three other types of right. actors are? So the leads are the ones who are helping trigger financing. They have, I, I can't think of a better word than clout to them. They either have great Instagram following, TikTok following, anything that they're going to help the sales and distribution of the film, which is are why- Are they tended to be recruited? 
like with that, like you said, clout, do they tend to audition mostly or are they kind of like sought out? So, no. So a lot of times, it depends. Sometimes they will audition. It depends on who, again, the director and the network, et cetera, are. As a casting director, I'll give a leads list. So when I see a, a script and I read it, I'm going to give you a list of options for your number one and your number two. Sometimes it might be your number one and your number four. It depends on the budget because we might give you a name for someone who's only in for two or three days because it's going to cost you less money, but it'll help you with your sales. So I'll help producers strategize those situations too, if if it makes sense. Or we might get three people and throw in a third because it just makes sense financially and will help the sales of the movie. So in that sense, I do a list of who I think would be great for one, two, and possibly you know, a little guest starring role, send it to the producers and directors and they'll send me back who they want and we'll go out with offers in those cases. If they don't know who the actors are, I'll do a little, um, you know, a highlight list of their followings, their demo reels, what past sales have been for them, right? Because it is a business, people forget about that. And it's, it's super important. Outside of that, there's principal actors and actors. And that has more to do with the union. So a principal actor is anyone with over six lines, okay? And those are paid at a different rate than anyone with less than that. Those are actor roles. So the more lines you have, the more you get paid and you fall into that principal category. Anything less than six, you're an actor role. Um, But you could be an actor and have one word a day for six days and get paid pretty well still too um and then outside of that we have you know the cameos I talked about where we might bring someone in for a day and put them on and then we have all our background actors so there's a tier to the hiring then you said like the with the principals and the actors kind of stay more local do you seek them out unless as you said you have a lead and then a number four is it typical that you would kind of stay like okay we're we're doing this project come in and audition for those kind of roles or you often branch out from the local sphere. So it depends again on budget, like locally in Ottawa, a lot of them are actor roles. We might have one or two principal depends what we have available, right? We don't have, you know, a a lot of uh, men 80 plus who have been acting and have enough experience to carry a large principal role right there. I'd know I'd have to look at a different market and bring them in, whether it be Vancouver, Toronto, wherever my favorite phrase. And I say this, to directors and producers and people all the time is talent isn't geographical as much as we like to sit on that. um, It's not. So you can live anywhere in the world and still know how to act very well. And there's a lot of really famous actors who don't necessarily live in LA or New York, but will go back there and work if that's where it's shooting. Most of the time, it's not even shooting there. So it really, at the end of it all, locally, it's mainly actor roles occasional principal roles. I've had lead actors come out of here. We've had actors come out of Ottawa who are series regulars on NBC series now. So, and lead actors on NBC series. So anything is possible if you put the work in, understanding the business of it, because if you don't understand the business side of acting, you are just playing in a sense, and it is a job. So if you take it seriously, you get proper headshots that represent exactly how you look, you get training in acting and understanding how to audition. You educate yourself on the market, understanding, okay, I'm Canadian. I live in Ontario. That means 
people are going to get tax credits from me in Ontario, first and foremost. I'm going to learn who every casting director is in Ontario so I can see what they're casting, what they're working on, so that when I have an agent, I can get them to reach out to the specific projects I'd love to be a part of, right? And whose rooms I really want to be in, because I've taken the time to recon them, go on their IMDb, their internet movie database, and check out what kind of live action content they do and if it's something that I see for myself as an actor right and then understanding PR and understanding you know if I want to not stay in Ontario and I want to end up working in LA or in the states how can I reverse engineer being there and coming back this way how am I going to get to that point right so understanding maybe there's no one visa process how does that work how much money do I need to put aside to get there um, if I wanted to work in the States, do I need a manager in the States or an agent? And what's the difference? So getting to all those points and when you get an agent in Ontario or in Canada, and you don't necessarily need an agent within your own city, especially now, because everything's done online, it's opened up your opportunities immensely. Like you're not stuck to just having to be in an audition in two days physically, it's very, very rare. So because of that, you can have an agent in Toronto, you can have an agent in Vancouver, you can set yourself with an agency that's in both places. Know which markets you're willing to work in. Maybe you have friends in Montreal, maybe you went to university there and you have couches or spare rooms that you can go and crash on and you'd wanna expand your opportunities, right? So in that case, you want to ask your agent where they're going to represent you. And if they're missing one of the markets that you've decided for yourself, you're willing to work in, you need to ask that agent if they're okay with you getting representation in that other city. And then maybe you have more than one agent, right? You want to know from those agents specifically um, if they've had any of their actors move to the States and what steps they helped their actor get to the states if did they help set them up with a lawyer for their own visa do they have um any relations with any agencies there that they end up being your mother agency all that kind of stuff so those are just some important questions but you want to interview your agent as much as they're interviewing you because it's a partnership it's a business right yeah i feel like people for the most part kind of think of it as I'm going to go get my big break. I'm going to go and somebody's going to see me. I'm going to be a star kind of thing. And it sounds like it's just a lot of self-advocacy and like really paying attention to the details because I, I imagine it's probably a, like anything. Is it fair to say that at least in the past, it was kind of a, a business of you're good while you last. And you know, if you, you don't have anything to offer, it's kind of like, I'm going to move on to the next guy from the agent's perspective. You know, you really got to be pursuing and pushing like there's there's two ways to look at it you see a lot of actors who go I'm gonna get an agent as soon as they get an agent they go I got an agent they're just gonna handle things if you don't understand what the agent does for you and what your role is then yeah it's they're gonna eventually if you're not making the money and you're not booking why would they want to represent you so as an actor you know if I owned an agency I'd, <laughs> I'd be such a hard ass I'd be like if you're going to sign to my agency, that means you're getting training at least twice a year. I'm not going to tell you who to go train with. Go figure out what coaches work for you. It's like finding a good therapist, whoever's going to help you get booked. Okay. <laughs> Cause that's what I need is you to be able to get booked. 
because then I'm getting my money. So if you're not putting the work in, I'm not hustling for you. I'm not making those phone calls. I'm not working with your PR people or your lawyer as hard as I would be for the actor on my roster who is, right? So you get out of it what you put into it like anything in life, right? So So from your perspective, being a casting director, how do you find your way into that? Like, it just seems like you've come a long way in 15 years. Where do you get your start in that kind of business? In general. I was thrown to the sharks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were saying about background yeah. casting sounded like a difficult job. Yeah. Like, Yeah. So um, basically, to sum it up, I started in background casting and then decided that I would be able to work in principal casting and that a lot of product like productions in town were wasting a lot of money bringing people in from Toronto, wasting money on travel and per diems and blah. And I knew there was local talent here and that I'd be able to help them save money, but also be able to get my start in casting that way. And so I sat a few producers down and explained to them how I could help them. I went ahead and did that. And then from there, I emailed about 30 casting directors in LA and I said, this is what I want to do. This is my current company. I'd love to come meet with you. Um, out of the 30, only two answered me, one being Meg Lieberman, who was the head of CBS Casting. Went to her office, sat down, um, spoke with her. I asked her why she was willing to meet with me because I was like a 20-year-old nobody from a regional market. And she explained it was her job to know everybody. And, and she was right. And I took that to heart. And I really take my time to know everybody to the point that she was listing actors within this city that she knew. Really? Um, yeah, so you know, she's good at great at her job uh, since retired. But um, yeah, and from there, I came back and spoke some more to uh, producers and realized they're hiring like three different casting directors per project, which to me was also a crazy waste of money. So I started showing up and I would go to AFM and instead of necessarily doing the market part of the American film market. I just knew everyone was kind of in town during that time. So I'd go meet with the agents. I'd go meet with CEA and UTA and uh, Gersh and Paradigm and figure out who their tricky Canadians were on their list. So I could let, you know, my clients know who's available tax credit wise for them. Also figure out who's up and coming, what they know, anyone new assigned to them, explain to them what I'm working on, seeing if there's any matches between what we're working on and what some people are looking to do. Um, and then I would also meet with uh, sales and as well as distribution companies to figure out what names they're looking at that they say really help them with sales, not only domestically here in North America, but internationally and around the world. But, so, yeah. so you talked about how things have changed by starting in background and now you're going to LA and New York and casting needs. I'm wondering since you've started now, social media wasn't back there and it's there. How has that changed for you as a casting director? And then how has it changed for the actors that you hire? So it's crazy. Pre-pandemic, it was different than even post-pandemic. So I remember uh, meeting with one distribution company right before the pandemic. So like late 2019, early 2020. And they had said that they had done like a poll and realized that hiring like YouTube stars, because that was the big thing at the time, and Instagram, whatever influencers were not worth the money because what they noticed was a lot of the people with like big followings were like makeup YouTubers and they realized their um their audiences 
the the influencers themselves didn't want to spend twenty dollars to see them in the theater. They'd want to spend twenty dollars line up Sephora and just meet and greet them there and buy their makeup line. That's where it was. Whereas since the pandemic and everything shut down and people were looking for that connection and TikTok showed up, there's now which is like the number one driving force of all the social medias. That's where the most investment is going. That's where the most advertising money is. So a lot of even these networks are advertising on those platforms, specifically TikTok. So a lot of these people now 100% are getting cast where they wouldn't before. If I have a movie that involves, um, you know, cooking, they're looking for either a chef or a cooking influencer if they're looking, um, we did a fitness one where they wanted a real fitness influencer involved in it. I recently did a movie where we had uh, a very popular TikToker who is known for sleepwalking videos and she has over 12 million followers. So we put her in the movie. So I, you know who I'm talking about already. Um, I, 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 if it is so fun picking up, she's absolutely yeah, fantastic. She's so and fun. What's crazy is, you know, I suggested her because I follow her and I watch her stuff. And in it, she'll do little short skits. And she openly talks about how she wants to act. So what I now tell a lot of actors that I coach on the business side is if there's a niche something you do, present it to the world. What we're always looking for is authenticity. As much as we're looking for authenticity in the character you're going to bring, same with your socials. The last thing you want is to be on social media again, being like another self tape today. Like that's, that's great, but I'd rather know you, right? Like I, I was in a situation where we had to cast and this was forever ago. And this was like when Facebook, Instagram didn't even exist. And I would like, low-key stock Facebook profiles just to get to know the actors and what they're about and we had one movie come in with Cuba Gooding and Christian Slater and there's a role that called for a stripper and she gets like attacked in an alley or something and we needed someone who knew how to pole dance and I knew one actor in the city who taught pole dancing classes called up her agent the agent goes no she wouldn't want to do that she wouldn't be comfortable with that and I go that's so weird because um she 100% <laughs> teaches pole dancing oh she does yep auditioned got booked so making sure a also your agent knows your skills but publicly putting it out there so if you're into fitness if you're into art if you're into anything maybe make that your focus and your secondary is the fact that you act or posting videos about you acting instead of just clouding and updating us on self-tapes or bookings right because you're also so limited on what you're actually allowed to post mm-hmm. once you get those sides of your hands and when you're on set you know I tell people yes building content for yourself as an actor is 100% important you see it a lot on people's IMDb profiles Um, but what I recommend is like, if you're taking photos of yourself in your trailer, in your outfit, do not ever post those until after the films come out and then sure you can upload it and, you know, make sure you're taking photos of you at the premiere with people and on red carpets and in situations like that versus really doing anything that's going to look bad in the light. Because if you're posting what you're wearing any of the lines in a movie, you don't want to get seen doing that because you will be considered less and less, unfortunately. But yeah, 100% social media is super important, especially now because people really honed in on everyone showing up on their phones while we're sitting alone at home, you know? Yeah. So with that, you were talking about 
pre-COVID social media explosion, and then anyone can be anywhere in the world and have the talent, right? Is that where you see the future of this? Like we're just a more global market. There's people being discovered from everywhere. Travel's better. It's easier. Get your name out there and you can, the opportunities are endless. Is that kind of the future where it's going? Whereas Uh I feel people back in the day would be like, oh, I'm not an actor. That's not me. Yeah, no, I literally have an actor that I coach. She just went and shot a commercial in like Bulgaria. Um, it so like you can you can really work anywhere if we want you if there's nobody else who's going to match what you're offering it's going to be you at the end of the day you're showing up to solve a problem you know if you come in um and you are the perfect match that means our job is done right so a lot of times too actors will come and get in their head it's not like american idol no like old school american idol we all want you to succeed. I want you to do good. Cause if I book you, it means I can go hang out with my kids and do whatever I want. Right. I don't, I don't necessarily need to start the search over again. And it feels good to solve the problem. I'm bringing you in or I'm asking you an audition. Cause I think you can do it. So just understanding that and knowing that you literally can be anywhere now and do it. I've only done one in-person audition since the pandemic. And it was very different. It was me, um, a certain actor from Lord of the Rings on a farm in Embrum auditioning a four-year-old boy. And he was the reader. Like it was wild versus everything else is here. And I'd love to say we're going to go back to in person. And I know a lot of actors want to. Um, I would love to. It's my favorite part getting to see people. And I really get lonely at home. I got into this industry because I like connection. I like talking. I like listening. I like getting to know people. It's my favorite thing. Um, But the problem is, is again, it's a business and it comes down to money. So as much as I'd love to be in the room, it depends on the budget of the production. And unless it's like a really important chemistry read or it's super important to the network or the director right now, the director can still be in Atlanta, they can be in LA, they can be in New York during pre-production. We can get on a Zoom for callbacks. They can sit in there at their own homes and watch the self-tapes. They don't need to come in earlier. And if there are callbacks, they can be out on a location scout 45 minutes from where my office is or where we would be running the sessions. They can pull over on the side of the road or duck into you know, any office there and get on a Zoom have the session and get back on the road within 10 minutes instead of eating up an entire day of pre-production. That's what I wanted to ask you because it seems like the nature of your work is you probably, I would imagine, really know how to read people and just kind of, you can look for like so much communication. I know one of the problems I always had was I'm not self-aware of my movements and my behaviors when I'm doing them. And There's I think I'm like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm go and read. Like, look at me today. I'm like this. I'm not even like, but do you find with the camera that's changed, like not being in person or it, have you just kind of, so it, got, absolutely. It, it does, but I look for consistency, right? So there's a, an advantage and a disadvantage of the online stuff. The advantage is I get to see like a hundred more people. I get to see way more people. Some actors are upset about that because it diminishes their chance, um, especially a bunch of union ones. But at the same time, to me, I'm going to find the right person and I'll look at hundreds of tapes until I find the right person. So for those people just starting who wouldn't have really had a chance to come in, because I only have so much blocks of time to be able to see someone in the room, I'm now able to see more people. 
So it gives more people the advantage and it gives me the advantage to kind of scour our, our options even more. The disadvantage is, yes, I used to tell people I was like a bullshit detector because your job is to have me convince what you're saying, right? And if I feel like you're lying to me, I don't believe your character. So if you're coming in and sometimes people on their first take will do something and it seems perfect, it could very well be nerves, right? Yeah. So I'll get them to do it again to make sure that they can actually hit the beats again, because on set, you're going to do it over and over and over and over again. And if they can't hit those beats and it was nerves, well, then it was a one-off, right? And I don't know that based off a tape. So again, so it's consistency. So there might be people who audition for me and I'm like, that was really good. They might, you know, I might consider them for actor roles and I'm not bringing in fresh people for leads or really large principal roles, but over time, I'm going to get to know their tapes better, right? Outside of that, the other big disadvantage is when it comes to children, because I'm not just casting the kid, I'm casting the parents. And I get the real idea of what the parents are like when they come to the office and we're getting them, <laughs> their kids ready. And if they're rude to my staff or trying to come in the room or just are a little much or not at all present, letting their kids run around like crazy. It's, it's one or the other. There needs to be like a, a nice level line here. Then we have an idea. Also, I'm only getting one scene from the kid. Um, and sometimes kids come in very scripted and very dog, um, whatever. Or I need to then calm them down and teach them how to do it, right? Like a lot of times their parents will drill the same scene into them over and over and over and it becomes robotic. So I want to know they can take direction because it's just so the same every single time. Or, you know, I, I think back to in-persons when I was auditioning kids and there's one kid who came in and did it once and did a great job. I asked him to do it again. And he burst into tears and said, no, I don't want to do it. My mom's been making me do this for three, four days. Oh. So at the same time, that tells me this might not be his dream. One, two, that's not going to work on set. Yeah. Right. Always ask a kid to do it a second time, even if the first time they nail it because they will be asked to do it more than once. Uh, so yeah, so those are the disadvantages. Plus I don't get to know people as well. Like I don't know who they are. I stopped by set last week for the first time in forever. And, you know, I, I had to explain who I was to people because they don't, I don't see them the yeah. same way. Right? And, and it was nice. I'd be like, thank you for all the tapes you've been sending me. I really appreciate it. And they're like, oh shoot, thank you. You know, like it's, it's a disconnect and I like to get to know people too. So for in those situations, like I need a stripper, I know you teach those classes or, you know, whatever it is they're into. Um, so yeah, that part sucks. And just giving them general redirection because I know what my client wants. So now in this case, I'd have to call the agent say, could they do it again? Could they do this and that differently? You know, a lot of like phone tag, which, you know, the agent's kind of like dismissive and then you're like oh yeah yeah whatever i'll do it and then it's like oh you gotta send another take in but i forget what she said but we're, i think it was this so send it you know it's just wasting yeah. your time maybe and on the other half for the actors the advantages are you get to do it more than once you get to spend more time playing knock it out see it until you're like that's the perfect take that's what i want to send you can also send in two takes if you need to as long as they're not like identical but if you have a strong choice and you're nervous to take it it'll just do that and then do a safer choice and send them both in. Also, you can do this at the end of the day. I'm telling you I need it by this time. Well, you can do it after work. You're not asking your boss to leave work in the middle of the day and to hit into a time slot that might not work for you. Um, 
And a lot of actors are asking for us to go back into the room. And I totally understand, understand that. And I, I see why, but I have, you know, some friends who have set up casting sessions and they, you know, set up a day for 50 people and only seven said they'd show up because for that reason, it's just, it tends to be easier. And at this point it's 2023, everyone's got their setup for self tapes and you can get a setup for self tapes off of Amazon for like less than 200 bucks. So, so what would you say you kind of spoke to it earlier for people breaking into this business? If there's anybody who's kind of thinking they're listening to you, an expert, like literally drawing the, calling the shots on who gets parts, what would you say to them if they're kind of like getting started and they need a little bit of a push or they're not really sure where to go about it? Do you have anything you'd recommend? Yeah, man, just do it. Just start, just do it. Cause I, you know, run into, actors who are like oh I'll, I'll get my headshots I'm just gonna lose 20 pounds first and no you're not <laughs> it's like, no you're not and if you do you're gonna put it back up like this this is what you look like this is what you're selling so understanding who you are and, and people would be like oh actually this weekend I ran into someone and she was saying she really wanted to get an acting heard I you know do this but I'm 49 so I've probably missed the boat no, because when I need to hire a 49-year-old, I'm not looking at the 21-year-old blonde woman. I'm looking at the 49-year-old woman. So again, a lot of people have that mentality. That's not it. You are what you are. You're the age you are. And those people exist in the world. And what we do in film and television is we portray the world, whether it's this world or an imaginary world, but there's people of different ages, different races, different weights. So just do it, just start it and it'll, it'll come. And so, sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. No, I was just saying to, just to follow up on that. If somebody who wants to get started, they don't have an agent, you and many other casting directors open, open casting sessions, right? So people who don't have an agent still get to get in front of you. Some do. And when I do open casting calls, I try to, and we're doing one later this year, I try to skew it that it's people I haven't seen before especially now right and and I'll have actors call me be like I signed up I'm like yeah but I see you all the time and I give you auditions all the time I'm really taking those slots so I can see and meet new faces but it's not just that um if you don't have an agent you want to get into it there's so many local um film festivals that go on like there's digi 60 in Ottawa but other markets there's the um uh, monologue slam that's all over Canada. Um, Andre Newell does it. You can, there's so many things where you go figure out who the film community is and get on sets that way and start building a non-union resume. Figure out who the good agents are. Talk to people. Agency rules. Never pay for an agent. Agents do not cost you money. Standard is 15%. That's one five. Anything over that, do not give. Read your contracts. Do not be coerced into having to take specific classes or headshots, um, really look for a coach that works well for you. We all learn differently in life. None of us learn the same way. So what one coach works for one person might not work for you. You can go and audit classes for like 20 to 30 bucks. There's a lot of Zoom classes. I also recommend coaching within your province. So I have a lot of actors who will be like, yeah, I, I've been studying with someone in LA for a while. It's very different what we're looking for there and here. And the difference is when you're starting, you want to get to know this community. So if you start taking classes within your province, you're going to learn 
from actors who are in your province who are actively working. You're going to get to know who are the good headshot photographers, who are the good agents. If you're looking in a, in a country you can't even work yet, making those connections, they're not going to help you until you're legally allowed to work there. So again, master this market and grow out from there, but really rely on your community. And eventually whoever your first agent is may not end up being your last agent, right? Set down and, and do a timeline. I'd love to be with WME or UTA or CAA or whatever. Okay. But I'm going to get a starter agency and yeah, maybe they have a lot of non-union people on their roster, but they believe in me and it's a start. And then once I've kind of maxed out the opportunities I feel that agent can give me, well, then I'm going to look at who would be a medium level agent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's uh, that would be my advice agency wise. Also with that, keeping on the, the theme of like getting into the industry, I know a point of pride and uh, for you as a, you're an advocate for like diversity and inclusion in the industry. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything we do should reflect the world we see. Right. So um, I've been doing this forever in the sense that a lot of times, you know, I'd get something that's even uh, a, a police officer and I'd, I'd start bringing in women without telling my director. And a lot of times I get hired. Um, you know, I start introducing mixed families into the auditions that weren't necessarily asked for. And if we're not basing it off of like an actual person, and we've done that where we've done movies, they need to look identical to the person who's still alive. Those are fun to do, but at the same time, it it's reflective of what our world looks like today. So I really try to do that. And oh, on December 3rd. I'm doing an open call and it's, and it's solely for diverse actors. So awesome. same thing, like this is super important. And I think too, being in this city, there's a lack of knowledge that movies even happen in this city. I feel um, like blown up in the last few years and people are just catching up now, realizing that they're like, well, Caitlin, your line of work, you're working all the time. There's stuff okay. going on everywhere. And the difference is, is a lot of times people ask me what I do and I tell them and they assume I'm like, just like casting local theater, which is great, but that's not what I do. And, you know, I've encouraged uh, one actor who is steadily working now, who I went to high school with and saw her at a wedding. She had moved back <clears throat> from Australia. And I said, you should start acting if that's what you want to do. And I, Caitlin, we've had her in so many own movies now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. again, if you just start doing it, it you'll be you can be very successful like we did that double quinceanera movie which i got renamed what did i'm getting named as? never too late to celebrate way off from when i was casting <laughs> <Even close. laughs> um you know we needed abuela in her 80s and we had to do a massive open casting hall we found the best like this woman could have been acting for the last 20 years she was so natural like i literally because i close my camera off during the audition so it's less intimidating I was like in the background and she was <laughs> and I'm like we found her she's so perfect so I love moments like that those are my favorite one of the favorite parts of my job and again you know anytime we have anything like that we reach out to the community and that's really what I want people to know there is a lot of work here and we just need to catch up with it so that way we'll be bringing less people in from other cities if we can help build the infrastructure here yeah Ottawa proud, get the yeah. local talent going. Now the fun part of our uh, kind of podcast question air. Okay. We want to know something 
about you that is not your thing. So do you have anything, you have anything on the uh, agenda coming up or anything that you do that's kind of like a cool little niche that people maybe wouldn't know outside of your? Well, there's a few because I have massive ADHD. So I get like, <laughs> I get like hung up on something for like a month and then never touch it again. <laughs> Recently, it's been cake decorating. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> a while ago it was painting um are you getting pretty good at well you sound like that sounds like you're a decent artist are you better at painting or are you better at cake decorating oh it depends on my mood and it depends how much wine i've had <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever watch that show is it cake is it i do yeah myself that shows it wicked oh that's yeah. pretty cool so is that something you could you could see or is that just gonna be the next uh we'll move on I'm like, I'm dwindling out of caking and into dumpling making right now. So it's, uh, that sounds perfect. Sounds like we can have a wicked party painting, <laughs> dumpling making, cake, and wine. <laughs> I just it's need to funny. like get into something that'll make me money instead. Like, <laughs> gambler, poker player. <laughs> I think with your, uh, your pedigree and what you just explained to us, it sounds like you're doing pretty freaking awesome worldwide mm -hmm. talent. And yeah, I, if I can give you any, uh, a compliment to you and your staff um i've had a limited experience in auditioning and especially audition for you so for anyone who is coming into the industry if you ever get an opportunity that's one compliment i can give you is you are somehow managed to be a person and a business person at the same time i always felt very comfortable auditioning in front of you and it was uh it was and your staff like walking in i haven't i uh, hadn't done it since it was uh post-covid but you know always walking into your your office was very cool you always had it well set up with the staff very kind and the, yeah you took a lot of pressure off so i'm not surprised why you're successful at what you do well we're, we're actually there for the actors yeah. <laughs> we, that's we pretty cool to hear that so thank you so much for coming on thank you this is fun yeah it was uh it was pretty cool and uh yeah if anyone wants to get into the industry do you want to plug your website yeah you can go to smythecasting.com or follow us on instagram at smythecasting and uh, I coach actors business-wise and, you know, we do some workshops. We even have like a event. I mean, they'll probably, this is going to air before then we have one this weekend. Anyways, we do lots of stuff. So, you yeah. know, it's open. awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Anyway. That's Bye. it guys. Let us right. know what's your thing. We'll see you next time. So make sure to check us out, whatsyourthingpod.com. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, follow us on TikTok. Check us out. We're going to have a blast. What's your thing? What's your thing?